Uh, for the last few weeks at Springbrook, we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount together. And this week, uh, well, really last week, but we're doing it this week. Uh, the, it was the time in the Sermon on the Mount to look at the Lord's Prayer. And honestly, I don't think it could have come at a better time. Uh, I, if you grew up in the church, then the Lord's Prayer might be something super familiar to you, sort of uh, like like it lives within you, something like a second nature or a reflex or something like that. Maybe if you grew up Catholic and um, at Springbrook, a lot of you did, uh, then it, it really might be uh, something that is sort of lives within you like a rhythm of, of connection or possibly even punishment. Um, and even if you didn't grow up around the church at all, this prayer, it, it tends to show up all over the place. Uh, when I was in high school, I was on a... Um, We'll call it an athletic-ish team. Uh, and I remember before the first game, uh, the seniors had us circle up around each other, and we all put our hands in the middle like a huddle, and uh, we prayed this prayer. And so we all are standing in a circle with our hands in the middle saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I remember uh, it being this crazy moment as a teenager, sort of like this holy moment, all our hands together touching and, and all of us praying together. And we get to the end um, and say, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all of the new people on the team said, amen. Uh, but it turned out that wasn't the end. The rest of the team kept going. And, and there was this new part of the Lord's prayer that I had never heard before. They said, um, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. May the best team win. Amen. Go rebels. Uh, I went to Maryville High School. The rebels were our mascot. Uh, that's a whole other story. But, um, but it was just this I'd never heard that, that ending to the prayer. And it was um, interesting and weird, a little bizarre. Uh, and we did it before every single game for my entire high school career. The Our Father quite literally shows up all over the place in unexpected ways. I, I think part of the reason for that is because Jesus gave us this prayer. And as his followers, we want to use it well. Um, but I think uh, another reason that it shows up so often is because we don't really always have any idea how to use this prayer, how to use it well. And so we just sort of stick it in places uh, where we don't know what else goes there. And so it shows up all over. Uh, in the Gospels, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, it shows up two different times. It shows up in Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount, what we've been reading, and also again in Luke. Uh, we've talked every week about um, that as we've looked at the Sermon on the Mount, as we've looked at this sermon, the, the best sermon ever preached, Jesus uh, talking to a crowd of uh, Jewish people filling a hillside, that, that the Sermon on the Mount um, is Jesus's uh, way of talking about the good life, his way of laying out life as it was meant to be lived. And the Lord's Prayer, the, the Our Father, it is no exception to this. Uh, it is Jesus laying out prayer as it was meant to be. In Luke's telling of uh, the prayer, uh, he has the disciples. The disciples are the ones who have asked the question to Jesus. They say, teach us how to pray. And this is his answer. This is the answer Jesus gives. He says, pray like this. It's the framework that Jesus gives his followers for how uh, to pray for kingdom living. And it's an interesting framework. Uh, Robert Capon, a theologian I, I love, he calls it the bare bones prayer. It is shockingly simple, almost insultingly simple. There are 61 words in the prayer that Chad 
just read us. In the NIV version, which uh, some of you may have memorized, it's actually 53 words. 53 words. I timed myself praying the prayer this week, and it quite literally took me 20 seconds. It is a 20-second prayer. Actually, it takes 23 seconds if you add that, and may the best team win, uh, go Rebels. But just kidding. Um, There are 53 words, 20 seconds. 53 words uh, meant to wake us up to the good life. 53 words where Jesus does what he always does, uh, widening our view of God and our view of each other and our view of the kingdom at work in our world. Uh, With so few words in the frame, uh, I think it has to be true that every single word of this prayer is worth a lot, that every single word of it must matter. And so it's no small thing to me uh, that the prayer begins our Father, Jesus. He begins his instructions of how to pray with the word our. With the first word of the prayer, Jesus invites us into something bigger than ourselves. From the very first word. From the first word, Jesus, he, he unifies us with anyone who's praying For me, after days of isolation and quarantine, our Father feels like a breath. It reminds me that we're not alone in this, but that we're part of a whole, a part of a community that we are connected to one another. Even if today it's just on a screen, we're connected to one another. Our Father. Our Father reminds us that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. Uh, I think that uh, tragedy has a way of connecting us and reminding of us, us of our part in the whole. I think a virus has a way of connecting us and reminding us of our part in a whole. But Jesus here, what he, I think he's saying is that it doesn't have to take tragedy or viruses to, to remind us not only of our need for connection, but our place in it. Prayer at its most basic form reminds us uh, that we're together, that we're part of something. Prayer in its most basic form, it, it, it unifies us. Our Father reminds us that no matter how lonely we feel in this world, we are not alone as we cry out to the one who made us. Uh, I'm not sure that we can uh, even, even pray this prayer without remembering those who pray with us in our families and in our church and in our community. And at the same time, our Father, it, it connects us to those crying out all over the world. It connects us to the people of Seattle, of California, of New York City, of China, of Italy, of all over, everywhere, crying out to God. This prayer uh, has a way uh, in the first words of waking us up and reminding us that we are connected to each other. And then there's this one other piece of of those two simple words, our Father. Uh, They don't just connect us to each other. In those two words, Jesus reminds us that we're also connected to him. He says from his mouth, our Father. Not only are we not alone in the circle, uh, we are joined by Jesus in it, our Father, bound not only to one another in prayer, but to him and with him. Jesus is constantly trying to widen our view in order to wake us up. 
And so in two tiny words, we have the ability to fight the deepest places of loneliness within us and to place ourselves in a circle with Jesus and all who pray. That's no small thing. And then the prayer goes on. Uh, it's a simple prayer. This simple prayer, it not only wakes us up to our connectedness to Jesus and to the Father and to one another, but it also has the ability of waking us up to the kingdom of God at work all around us. The thing is, every single time we ask for God's kingdom to come, we wake up to God's kingdom a little bit more. We, we just wake up to it more. Our eyes, they open a bit wider at the wonder and the magic and the wildness and the wideness of God at work all over our world. Praying this prayer is part of the practice of kingdom living. Jesus, he uh, uses really simple words. He gives us really simple words to know how to pray for the good and the hard of this world. So as people of God, how do we pray for the sick? Jesus gives us the word. We ask God's kingdom to come. As people of God, how do we pray for the broken and the lonely and the desperate and the underserved? We ask God's kingdom to come. And sometimes consistently asking God's kingdom to come will mean that we might see some wild and miraculous things. As a vineyard, we believe uh, that the kingdom of God is here. And that it is possible for the wildest things to happen. And also, uh, consistently asking for God's kingdom to come will mean that our eyes uh, might wake up to God's invitation to be the hands and the feet of his kingdom all over this world. Because as a vineyard, we also believe that the kingdom of God is coming. That it's not fully here yet, but it's coming. And so sometimes that means action on our part. Uh, Dallas Willard in The Divine Conspiracy, he says that sometimes as we pray for God's kingdom to come, we will pray for things that are rightly beyond our ability and beyond our control. But sometimes as we pray, we will find that we are asking for things that we have the ability and access to correct or bring right order to. Sometimes God will bring his kingdom into this world to make things right by waking, up, waking us up to ways that we can with our own hands and our own feet and our own brains and gifts join him as he puts the world back together. And so Jesus teaches us to pray for God's kingdom to be fully present here as it is in heaven in our daily struggle, fully present in the middle of the madness and fully present in the house uh, full of loud and bored kids. I'm not sure there's a worse combo. Uh, the kingdom of God fully present in the house that maybe is just far too quiet. The kingdom of God fully present in the local panic and the global pandemic. And all of these things we ask for God's kingdom to come. And then we open our eyes up to see it at work. But we don't just open up our eyes, we also open up our hands for the ways that we can be part of bringing it into the world. The simple prayer, it keeps going. Jesus tells us to pray for our daily bread. There's that word, our, again. Our daily bread. And I think it's interesting that it's daily bread, not praying for a six-month supply of bread. I, I really wish it was praying for a six-month supply of bread. The kingdom of God uh, they're the prayer of kingdom of the prayer of kingdom living wakes us up. It reminds us that we are provided for by the Father every day, every single day. No matter how crazy the days are or were, you have been provided for. 
You might have wanted cupcakes at times in your life and God gave you bread, but God's provision, it has always been on your life. You may have wanted six months of bread and you only got one piece, but God's provision has always been on your life. Hard times didn't change that and confusion didn't change that. And a virus uh, doesn't change that. The prayer has a sit before the provision of God every single day in both asking and in gratitude. The next thing that happens is he says, forgive us and teach us to forgive others. The prayer is 53 words and Jesus uses 12 of these words on forgiveness. 12 of them. That is no small thing. Woven into the framework is this daily practice intended uh, to wake us up to how deep and wide uh, God's love and mercy for us is. And it's a reminder uh, uh, that um, that it takes teaching us to learn how to practice the release and the mercy and the grace of God's kingdom. It's both being grateful for it and learning how to pour it all over the world. Part of God's kingdom uh, coming is us learning how to forgive. The good life, it's one full of both forgiveness, both accepted and poured out. And then the prayer ends by asking God for protection. Very well timed. The prayer ends by waking us up uh, to God's love for us that covers our hearts and our lives. Uh, Psalm Psalm 91, uh, when talking about the protection of God, uh, describes God like a mother bird who spreads out her wings to shelter what's hers. The provision or the protection of God is this daily reminder uh, that the most true story of our lives is not that no bad thing will ever happen to us. And the most true story of our lives is not that the bad things are what define us. The most true, what, what, what this prayer teaches us is that the most true story of our lives is that we are his and we are protected and we are covered by love and mercy and hope. Something happens to us when we learn how to pray this prayer every day as if the words matter as if all 53 of them are important. We have in this prayer uh, the chance to every single day wake up to the reminder that we are not alone, that we are part of something. We have the chance to wake up in new and deeper ways to the kingdom of God at work all over the world, to his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and provision and protection. And honestly, I can't think of a better time to start this rhythm in our life. It's crazy out there. It's crazy in here. It's, it's crazy. And I think that these words have the chance to ground us and to calm us and to bring us comfort and hope in a world gone mad. So if you look at everything going on and, and you have no idea how to even start praying in a season like this, start like this. Our Father who is in heaven. And if you have no idea how to pray for a global emergency that's right in front of us, start here. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And if you have no idea how to pray for your neighbors or small businesses or kids who rely on schools to get their food, then start here. Give us this day our daily bread. And if you are going nuts with your kids at home, or if the quiet has only let the voices of your fear and anger grow louder, then start here. Forgive us and teach us how to be people who forgive each other. And when you are terrified, uh, 
of the unknown that is hard to look away from at this point in time, then keep us safe from ourselves and from the evil one. Uh, Every week at the vineyard, we have this rhythm that we call Selah, and it's just a pause or a breath that we don't want to move on too quickly from where we are. And so this week, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Um, And and what my hope is, is that we'll pray this prayer together. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go really slowly through the Our Father and take times and a break. And so will you do the same thing? Will you allow yourself to sit slowly in this prayer? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins and teach us to forgive those who sin against us. Don't let us yield into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Amen.